When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Start up your Monday on B&E. What a weekend it was. Recapping it with you, as we do each and every Monday morning and every day here on the show of the people. Disappointing end to a really, really fun Longhorn basketball season. We'll get you the headline news, including Rodney Terry expected to be offered the head coaching job permanently on a permanent basis at the University of Texas. That has to be worked out, but uh, it does feel like there's momentum for that to happen here early in the week. So we'll certainly talk about that, how the season ended. Also, the Longhorn baseball season. We go back two weeks ago, Buck, when uh, they came back from Cal State Fullerton and uh, were four and seven. So we're thinking, oh, geez, um, this this new look team has got some issues, and here they are, fourteen wins in a row now. What a great four, streak! One of their longest home stands in a while. They win every game, every game on that fourteen game home stand, including all three over the weekend against fourteenth ranked Texas Tech, and uh, here they are, uh, feeling with a lot of confidence at this point. Headed to a game with Texas A&M tomorrow night down in College Station. That'll be a lot of fun. Longhorn softball team also with a big sweep. So busy weekend on the 40 Acres. It was busy over at uh, Austin Country Club. Dell Technologies match play, the final edition. Our final hour this morning, we're going to check in with our friend Aaron Schielick from Austin Country Club. He is the head golf professional there. Talk about the weekend that they had. What a weekend it was. Those matches yesterday morning were phenomenal. Uh, watching Roy McIlroy. Sam Burns put on a pretty oh clinic. I've been told... Uh, I look a lot like Sam Burns. You kind of do. You kind of got a little Sam Burns. We were there. we were we hung out in college a decent amount too, and he he likes to party. You hung so, out with Sam Burns in college? Yeah, I was friends with the golf team. He looks team like here. he looks and, like a and a he went to LSU, yeah, correct? Yeah, and he was friends with some guys on the golf team here. Well, he and Scotty Scheffler are like best buddies, right? Their wives are friendly, and I might have been hanging out with Scotty Scheffler and just not even known it. You might have been. You might have been. He liked to hang out. You ever go to the Deep Eddie Cabaret? That's he likes to hang out at that little spot. Oh, yeah, that's, my, that's my spot. <laughs> that's Come my on. spot. That's my spot. Well, That's that mine. was that was kind of cool because those two are really they're close friends, and they're going head to head, and and obviously the winner gets to the finals, and man, they, it went back and forth. Sam Burns was up three, he birdied the first three holes, and you for Scotty Scheffler, you're already three down, uh, going to the fourth tee box. You're like, oh geez, and he came back, he took the lead, looked like he was going to win that thing. He took over the middle part of the match and in the in, into the uh, turn, and then Sam Burns rallied, and then they they went 21 holes. And, you know, the short par four, Buck, Buck, where you can try to go for the green, um, you know, on that hole, what is that, 13, yes. 14? Um, Scotty Scheffler had a had a birdie putt, a putt for about five feet that would have won the match. And he missed it, um, went underneath it, and uh, they went to the next hole, and that's where Burns won it. So Scotty were, had his chance. They were hitting a long ball all week long. They were phenomenal. Number 16, getting on that par five and two, and that is a long, long hole. Yeah, and they were getting there. And then number eighteen on Thursday when Rory 
drove the green, drove the green. With four feet of the hole. Well, Rory was in great form, too. And, of course, he blew his mind. He, he, he had Cameron Young beat. And uh, Cameron Young rose up and beat him and uh, got it to the playoff, got it to extra holes and won it on the par five. Uh, and then, of course, Sam Burns just mowed him down in the championship, six and five. Sam Burns is your champion. Rory yeah. McIlroy won the consolation match, two and one over Scotty Scheffler. And yeah, they talk about match play, but, boy, that is a lot of golf for guys right there. Well, they played like ninety some holes this weekend. Seven, I mean, seven matches. Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot, and uh, you know that that whole format is going away. Unfortunately, I think the players like it, uh, but at the same time, it is a lot of golf because you play five days. I mean, you play an extra day as as in obviously stroke play at seventy two holes. Yeah, and that's a hilly course, so you're up and down and up and down. I'll say this for Roy McIlroy. I, I have to, you know, his new he brought out the new putter, and he really putted well this weekend and made made it. You know, he finishes essentially third. In the event, mm-hmm. I got to think Rory's feeling pretty good about his Masters chances. So does Scotty Scheffler. I mean, Scotty, oh, yeah. Scotty's the defending champion and playing great golf, having won the players and you know nearly won this thing again. Um, but Rory McIlroy has to be you know considered, and Sam Burns playing great. So a lot of good golf, a lot of good NASCAR. Let's get to the headlines. Let's get you caught up on the news of the morning. It's a jam-packed update desk. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start with the uh, college hoops. And, yeah, 30 for 30 minutes yesterday in Kansas City. Uh, the basketball game appeared the Longhorns were going to roll into the Final Four down in Houston for the first time in 20 years. But the Miami Hurricanes had a different plan. They took over the final 10 minutes of that basketball game and took down the second-seeded Longhorns 88-81. They clinched their first-ever trip to the Final Four for that program. Hot shooting horns were up 12 at the half, and they led by 12 with 10-14 to go in the second half. That's when the Hurricanes ramped up that defense, and the horns went cold. Uh, Miami outscored Texas 33-14 from that point. They were led, led by their guard Jordan Miller and his 27 points. Didn't miss a shot on the night. 7-for-7 uh, seven seven from the floor, made all of his 13 free throws. Meanwhile, the ACC's player of the year, Isaiah Wong, scored 12 of his 14 in the second half, and the Longhorn season comes to a disappointing end. But Rodney Terry, uh, the head coach, acting head coach, loved the ride. I mean, again, I love these guys. and Not only will I just love these guys for the time that I got a chance to coach them, I'm going to love them for the rest of their lives. I'll be at their... At their weddings, I'll be, I'll be with the, you know talking to those guys when they have their firstborn, and uh, you know it was all about this team, man. And I, I, I enjoyed every single day of this journey with this group, and, and I'm, I'm gonna really miss. I'm, I'm gonna really, miss, really miss working with this group. So it was never about me; it was always about these guys. And I love these guys. Obviously very emotional. On that coaching front, by the way, a report from Horns 24-7 Sports this morning that Roddy Terry will be offered the Texas head coaching job permanently when they return to Austin. If the two sides can reach an agreement, an official announcement could be made by Tuesday. Uh, Final Four in Houston is set, of course, as they'll head down there on the men's side. First national semifinal this coming Saturday will be San Diego State, a five-seed against the nine-seed Florida Atlantic. The other national semifinals in this Saturday night will be Miami, a five-seed, of course, versus the fourth-seeded UConn Huskies. Winners will meet one week from tonight for the national championship. On the women's side, two teams have clinched trips to Dallas this weekend for the women's Final Four. LSU is through, as is Iowa. They punch their tickets. Tonight, South Carolina faces Maryland. Ohio State squares off uh, with Virginia Tech for the final two spots there. Uh, quite the weekend at uh, Dishfalk Field. How about the Longhorn baseball team? Three-game sweep of 14th-ranked Texas Tech, and they did it in dramatic fashion yesterday. A walk-off winner for the second day, 8-8, eight to eight, ninth inning. The Longhorns catcher Garrett Gamet is at the plate. 2-0, the pinch. Swung on it, driven deep to left. On it, driven. This one's going. This one's going. This one is gone. Walking off Texas. Garrett Gilman with a walk-off home run. 
that may still be in flight. Big home run. Tom Barfield with a call yesterday right here on the Horn. 10th ranked Texas softball team also swept a three-game set from Texas Tech. They finished it off 8-3 to yesterday. High drama at Circuit of the Americas. Tyler Reddick held on through multiple late restarts to win the Echo Park Texas Grand Prix at Coda. Reddick's fourth cup win is first with his new racing team, 23-11 Racing, co-owned by Michael Jordan. Not as much drama at Austin Country Club yesterday. We mentioned Sam Burns rolled past Cameron Young 6-5 and to win the final edition of the Dell Technologies Match Play at ACC. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. That was uh, quite emotions by Rodney Terry. What an emotional year this has been for him. Uh, lost his father before the season began. Yep. And then, of course, we all know with the Chris Beard situation and uh, the uncertainty of all of that. And as I've said with, with Rodney and this whole staff, you know, when Chris Beard, when your coach gets let go, you're an assistant coach on a one-year contract, essentially. You know, your future is uncertain. And yeah, I mean, those guys, they don't know if they're going to have to pick their families up and leave or what's yeah. going to happen. So, Well, and then obviously we, we know the story, and they all came here to be a part of what Chris Beard wanted to build, and they all wanted to be in Austin and wanted to be with Texas. And at that point in early January, December and early January, the uncertainty had to be pretty incredible for them and their families. And they all stepped up, rose up, and as Rodney just said, it was all about the players. And we, we were going to ride this thing out for the players. They had no and what went on, uh, and they wanted to have a great season. And I thought Rodney Terry did a great job. Um, and in the end, you know, there's a lot of way to skin, ways to skin the game yesterday and talk about the, the final 10 minutes and what went wrong and what went, didn't go right. But at the same time, I think the headline has to be that you didn't have Dylan to sue, and I think that was a major factor in the oh, basketball game. there's no doubt game. about that. Can we sit here and guarantee that the Longhorns win the game if DeSue plays? No. But, man, I mean, against a team whose who's tallest guy is 6'7", and, you know, they play a four-guard lineup, and uh, don't deal into Sue, the way he was playing out of the Big 12 tournament in the first weekend. Yeah, that's could unfortunate have had a major that impact. happened like that for him. It is. It's, it's a, Not just for the team, but for him personally, too. And as I say, I did, I did some asking after the game yesterday. I was told that they felt pretty confident that he'd be able to play next weekend if they could have gotten, gotten the win yesterday. That, no, no guarantees. He would have had to been monitored, but they felt okay that that was not a season-ending injury. That's not a sprained ankle. That's a foot bruise, right? It's a bone it's bruise. It's a bone bruise. Yeah, and he injured Yuck. it. He injured it against Penn State uh, in the game, and but they felt like it was a minor injury, and then he had a setback. They called it on ter- Thursday in practice, and that led to him not playing this weekend. Uh, that's just bad luck, man. I mean, that's at this point. Everything is magnified, and every moment is magnified. And sure, they needed a big body too. They did. They did, you know, and uh, they needed that. They needed the when the when when you, as we said, the Longhorns made seven of twelve threes in the first half and were they they were up twelve at the intermission. But at the half, Miami was shooting sixty four percent from the floor. It wasn't like they were playing bad. They were getting the looks they wanted against a good Texas defense. But you know, Texas was just making everything and just playing so confidently. But when the stop when the when the when the Longhorns went cold in that second half and the three balls stopped dropping. That's when go go back to the Penn State game when they could just kick it right into Dylan DeSue and let him go to work mm-hmm. and uh, make make things happen in the post and they didn't have that option they didn't have it and they they, they tried to put the ball in Timmy Allen's hands and uh, he did not have a great you know finish uh, nor did Marcus Carr nor did Tyrese Hunter and you know this is why they're coming home they played. yeah they're they're gonna and they'll have to they'll have to get in the portal or or I don't know if there's anybody in high school left but they they need a big man. This group needs a they need a big presence in the middle. I've been looking at Ford for about the last two or three years, a big man. They they've never had a I think big if, post you, if you can get Disu back and the Alex 
with Anamekwe. Uh, Anamekwe was uh, redshirted this year. I well, think he, I think he's a decently sized guy, right? Well, look, and if you look at the teams that are, you know, UConn's the the biggest team left, right? That's still playing. That guy's that's a big presence. Yeah. Sinogo. Yes. Well, and, and look, you you know this Chris this this program was built in the vision of Chris Beard, and you know his positionless basketball is like what he likes to play, and uh, he he would rather have athleticism and depth than a, a true big guy, right? That's just, you know, he almost won a national championship at Texas Tech with that philosophy, and that's what he was building here. But uh, we'll see what, you know, it's going to be Rodney Terry's program. If they can work out a contract, that's going to happen. And, um, you know, he'll, it'll be his vision now for what the program is going to be. As for, you know, who comes back and who doesn't, you know, if Dylan Mitchell and Arterio Morris and the recruiting class stick together and a Dylan DeSue, who would have the option to come back or to return, you know, the, the, that's a nice... That's a nice foundation for what the uh, the program is going to be, but obviously this was the year to to, to finish it because you you'll be without now you know Jabari Rice and Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen. Yeah, and Marcus Carr's injury that did not help because they started they they really t- exploited that once that happened. Yeah, he got Charlie Horse pretty bad. I mean, he took a dead leg, and if you ever had that, I mean, that doesn't just I mean you can rub it, but that hurts. And um, you know, did it impact his ability to? to get yeah, he was a step too slow. Well, and that's the as kind of defender. stuff. You know, it happened so quickly where you went from, man, Ty's in there buying Final Four tickets with his dad. He's in there buying Final Four tickets before well, look, the game is up. I mean, up. even into, I mean, at halftime is one thing. You're up 12, but gosh, halfway through the second half, you're still up 12 points. He's trying to beat the rush. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it just, it happened quick, but, you know, the questions will come. Should you go to zone? Could you match things up a little differently in hindsight twenty? But they did go to zone for a while there, didn't they? Or was it too late? I, not, I'd have to go back and watch it again because, again, it happened really, really fast. You're like, oh, geez, everything's good, and then everything wasn't good. And um, it really happened in that from the 10-minute mark down to the under-eight timeout uh, where the Longhorns, it felt like, as I said earlier, Rodney was trying to wait for that under-eight timeout instead of using a timeout. And it felt like that's where the momentum, that's where it got away from the Longhorns. And they did put Rice on that guard, but it just seemed like it was like a minute. was what was it tied? Two minutes too late, or one minute too late? Three or four. Was it that long? I mean, before they switched off. Even the when the it got to the point where the announcers were like, "Hey, why why isn't this why been, why is someone else not guarding him?" Yes, he was attacking the Longhorns, and they didn't have an answer for it. And that was let's dive into our coach's corner at this point, by the way, because it's a good good turning point conversation into our coach's corner. Brought to you by Audio Visual Consultations. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it'll be the questions of, of what ifs. and Because to this point, I thought Rodney Terry had pushed every right button, right? I mean, including the Friday night win. Let's not forget about the win over Xavier, mm-hmm. where they took one of the most efficient offenses in the country and just dismantled them with their defense. I mean, it was, that, was imbe- that was impressive. Uh, what they did to the Musketeers on Friday night. And they were doing it again to a very good Miami team for 30 minutes. And, and then this will lead to the what-ifs. Should we have done more of this? Should we have had more of this? I believe it comes down to Dylan DeSue not playing was a major factor. That has to be the headline. But a lot of people are saying that the uh, the headline is the officials were garbage. It's garbage officiating. Has anyone figured out if they were Big 12 officials or not? I don't know. I do, do not know that. I would. Oh, um, if Craig Way is listening, of course, Craig Way had a great call of the game yesterday here on the Horn. He Probably he got some he, water spilled on him yesterday. He did. Yeah. yeah well, happens. But uh, disappointing, to say the least, because it felt like this thing was uh, going to culminate with a trip to Houston. And, um, you know, w- could we get down there and do some live shows down in Houston, Buck, and make things happen? But uh, obviously not going to be the case. But Rodney Terry's going to get the job. Uh, and, uh, you know, Chip Brown had the report overnight 
I've been told by a, a prominent folk person that uh, it is going to happen. But it's really up to Rodney, right? I think Rodney's going to accept the job, but that's the report that they're going to offer him the position. Uh, it's not one of those things where you just say, no, we're making you – know, Rodney has to sit and agree to a contract and terms, and all of that has to be worked out, but it's going to be offered to Rodney Terry if he wants to stay and be the permanent head coach. And um, when that's worked out, I think there'll be an official press conference or word of it, and Rodney Terry will take the reins of this program. And then it'll be forward. time to recruit. And time to get the program to where you want to, whatever you're trying to do with it. And I think, I mean, I they got a lot of guys to replace. They do. I mean, Ronald Holland is in, and, and Dude, they got to replace shooters. Yeah, Car Rice, uh, you know, Car and Rice would be the shooters you replace. Uh, Marcus Carr was your leading scorer this year. Uh, Jabari Rice was your most consistent player this year. Uh, Timmy Allen and Christian Bishop are also out of eligibility completely. As we said, the, the, the question marks are, you know, what does Tyrese Hunter do? Does he come back for a junior year? Or does he try his hand at the NBA, potentially? Um, you know, what about Dylan DeSue? He has eligibility. Uh, what's his future? Arterial Morris, Dylan Mitchell, and, and Rowan Brumbaugh are, are part of that roster as well. Uh, all three were freshmen this year. But, you you know, in this day and age of the transfer portal, right. you just don't know. Uh, you assume they're back, right? Or at least you can, you can feel confident that they had a good year and they'd want to come back and keep this going. But we just don't know until you know. And, you know, the Longhorns will also hit the transfer portal. Uh, their own way to replace Spike. Well, yeah, I and mean, do you lose any coaches? I mean, does does any of the coaches that came in when Chris Beard was here decide to go to to Mississippi? I mean, does he offer some of these guys jobs? I mean, that there's a lot going. There's a lot in play here. Yeah, well, yeah. Now that it's over, sure. I mean, uh, Chris Beard's assembling his staff at Ole Miss, Absolutely. and obviously he's got you know people on this staff that he I'm, I'm assuming like to work with. At the same time, yeah, if those guys came here and they want to stay, I think they'll have that opportunity. But yeah, Rodney Terry. This isn't his coaching staff, right? So if he gets the job, then he gets to make some decisions on that moving forward. Yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces now to this. In the end, a disappointing end that says, hmm, they didn't, uh, Dylan DeSue didn't play against Xavier. Well, look, I mean, what they needed from Dylan DeSue yesterday was low post presence. Obviously, against uh, Xavier, they, they, they didn't miss it because they played so great on the defensive end. And Xavier's big man missed so many shots inside. Yeah. Uh, they did a great job. I mean, they had some point blank range shots and just missed. Yeah, Texas's foot speed against Xavier was just oh, yeah. ridiculous. I mean, they were so much more athletic than Xavier. Was almost You're a, right. They were getting to I would the agree. spot ahead of what – I mean, they were anticipating where Xavier was going to be and were getting to it. They just disrupted everything, which kind of – yeah, they missed a lot of short shots, but it felt like they were I – mean, the Texas defensive pressure uh, had a big impact Oh, yeah, they had a lot of hands that. in there. Yeah, it was – and, you know, yesterday you're playing a team of veteran players with a great coach – who is is a really good offensive team. When, when you saw that Miami team go through Houston like they did and score 89 points and have just six turnovers and kind of have their way with a really good defensive team in Kelvin Sampson's group, you knew you had your hands full. And as I've given you the stat all, all year, that the Longhorns are undefeated when they hold teams under 73 points. And But could you keep this team under 73? Uh, that's why I said with 10 minutes to go, you had them at 55. So you were playing really good defense. This is the moment, and you know, when the when the three point shots stop going, this is where a guy like Dylan DeSue would have been a massive factor in the basketball game, in my mind. Just slow some things down, let him take control of the game down low against a, a, a smallish front that you feel like Dylan DeSue could have had some 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 uh, good good fortune against. You just didn't have him. Just didn't have him. And you you know, Christian Bishop, good player, but no, he's not that kind of offensive guy. Not going to be a go to guy in that spot. And that's what we talked about with. You know, the the what what raised the Texas ceiling from a good team to a team that can win the whole thing was the Dylan DeSue emergence. Is him coming on offensively in the last three weeks of the For season sure. 
just change them dramatically and from a perimeter-oriented team to a team that could beat you in a lot of ways. And without having him yesterday, I do think it impacted. Yeah, but the the, the thought of the, why was Christian Bishop on the bench in that second half for for a long period of time? I just well, he was in the game when they lost the lead. He came back in the game about the eight-minute mark. Uh, right under the eight-minute mark. And but was before in the- that, he was on the bench. They they just went with a, with a smaller lineup. I thought, I guess since they thought they had, well, they didn't think they had, they had the lead. He, they just, and that thing just started to evaporate. They just needed, it just seems like they needed a taller guy in the middle. Yeah, Bishop was on the floor from, in that, that when, when Miami was taking the game back and switching the momentum from down 12 to, then it was 75 all, um, you know, he was on the floor from, from eight minutes until down to about the three-minute mark of the game and then came back out of the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's the what-ifs will be asked and, and, and answered and questioned and the, the, the officiating calls will be, you know, looked at. And that's what happens when you get to the Elite Eight, man. Everything gets magnified. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just feel bad for the Texas team that they didn't have one of their best guys when they needed it. And I give credit to Miami, too. I mean, they leave that game going in. Jim Laranega can coach. That team was in the Elite Eight one year ago. Uh, they ran into the, the eventual champions in Kansas. Uh, so remember, that game was in Kansas City last year, uh, essentially on Kansas' home floor, and they blistered Miami. Well, Miami was back, and they were, you know, they were a better team this year than they were a year ago, and, you know, they, they, they finished the deal. The Longhorns did not. And, oh, no. Uh, they're, that, that's, they have the physical, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guys. They're, their guards are physical. To, to go, well, and Jordan Miller, 6'7". Yeah, and he started to take advantage of his height and his, in the paint. He's, there was nobody that could guard him. Marcus Carr was doing a a really good job, but once he got hurt, that was it. Yep. He just didn't have the, the quickness to hang with him. And they, uh, and they were getting those calls because they were going to the basket. Exactly. And I think they are the attacking team. Uh, and Texas, that's where you wonder in the last, you know, the what if. I mean, go to the basket more. I mean, the threes aren't falling, but that's where this team had learned to rely on going in, into the Sioux and when they when they need some, some interior muscle, and they didn't have that in this basketball game. And uh, they they kind of looked a little bit lost uh, late in the game, and you give Miami credit to go through the one, the two, and the four um, to to get to the final four. They they certainly have proven themselves worthy. Yeah, I just thought when bracket. they started really relying on Timmy Allen, and and that ball going inside, there's just too many hands and too many guys too a- too athletic for him, and he just never he never saw open guys. He was taking it upon himself that he needed to be the scorer again. And let's again not bury the lead of this whole thing. Dylan DeSue, refs, missed shots. Turnovers. Those turnovers but, were crucial. But the the headline of all headlines is that our man Ty was buying Final Four tickets yeah, at that halftime. Is, that is the headline. And if you were one of those people too, shame on you. Shame on you. I will admit that halfway through the second half, I started to try to line up some guests for today to talk about the win. Like I did. Okay, that is as much on you as it I is didn't me. send a single text, but I was compiling a list. But you, you had actually the, you buy, had the thoughts. But you I had, had the you thought. were actually well, buying that, tickets because that's what we do. I have to think. Okay, if if they win the game, like like if they lose, we'll just talk about it. I'm not going to. But if they win and they're going to the final four, well, let's get some people on to talk about it. And um, so that was in my head. But you actually bought tickets. And now he's got to get rid of tickets. He actually. Yeah, if anybody's interested, there you go. So, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> Get them up there. If I uh, like, if I had booked a guest, hey, you want to come on and uh, talk about the win, talk about the run to the final four, that would have been a jinx. That would have been. I will. I will admit that I thought about it. I started to think, okay, who could we get? Because by that time, it's like six o'clock. I mean, you got to start planning these things. The show, worst show starts twelve hours. The worst part too is simultaneously as Texas was collapsing, the uh, the guy I picked to win the NASCAR race, who was in first for most of the race, also blew it at the end. So, so. you're the jinx. You're the yeah. Son- 
I mean, you you probably You're the weekend jinx. I mean, Rory you, McElroy you had his Shef- match. Scheffler had his match. We would have we could have had Rory and Scheffler for the for the final Dell match play championship. Sports guys already knew you were going to make a bad decision. Put it on me. It's all on you. you I'll go. take the blame. Take the blame. That's an all time blunder. Yeah, it's an all time blunder. You can't. I like be... the way you're taking this too. Very good job on your we part. We will be back when we do. We pick up these conversations: the good, the bad, and the ugly from a very busy weekend. I hope you had a great one, hot or not, for the end of the hour. Uh, recapping all of it with you here on B and E. It's Bucky and Aaron. Recapping a disappointing loss for the Longhorns in the Elite Eight yesterday. Looked good for 30 minutes, terrible for 10, and the season is over. Hard to beat a team, Buck, when uh, they shoot 60% for the game uh, from the field. 59.2% was what uh, Miami ended up shooting for the basketball game. 87, almost 88% from the foul line on 32 attempts. They were uh, very efficient offensively. Uh, also, as we said, the Longhorns played without their one of their best players, Dylan DeSue, and it's fair to say that um, in the clutch moments of the game, the Longhorns' best players without Dylan DeSue didn't play their best, and uh, no. that became the the end. I mean, Tyrese Hunter had some critical. I thought they went back late. some some bad habits of Agreed. making certain guys the hero instead of you know getting the ball and moving the ball around like they did in the first half. Yeah. And that's when it gets that's that's that crunch time stuff when you start to get nervous, right? That you're not playing a game anymore. You're trying to play to to get to the final four, not yeah, playing the game of basketball. You're locked right. in on yeah. on assignment, but uh, but it it feels like it uh, it got away. And obviously, the officiating when a game call like that, we in every sport we do this right, and you know, if, if, well, the officiating is not why they lost the game. Correct? Uh, no, uh, I think it's a factor. I do think the Brock Cunningham call was cr- critical. I think if if that call goes the other way, who knows? That was a 79-79 game when they called Brock Cunningham for uh, undercutting the player, and they originally called it over the back. Which Did they go they shoot changed. shots then? Yeah, well, that he, he would have fouled. The, the kid, uh, Omir, would have fouled, yes. fouled out. And Brock Cunningham, Texas would have had the ball in a, in a tie game. Instead, he went to the line, made two free throws, and you're down two. And uh, that's when Marcus Carr turned the ball over in the lane. Now, that was really the ball game at that point in my mind. I mean, there were 40 seconds left, but when Marcus Carr turned it over, it was 34 seconds. Uh, he got in the lane. looked like he had Jabari Rice open. looked like uh, uh, there was there was a better option, and he he turned in the lane. And this is where you're, I think you're talking about maybe trying to make too much out of a play that's yeah. not there. He got the ball stripped, and then they had to foul. And then uh, Isaiah Wong went to the line, made two free throws. So now you're down four with th- 25 seconds to go. Brock Cunningham missed a shot, and you know now 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 the game's over. But who knows, right? If, if Texas gets the ball at seventy nine all, the, and they 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 keep the call on Brock Cunningham, on and it fouls out the the interior I mean, Omir for uh, for Miami, who knows? Yeah, and in the second half of that game, I was I was as I was looking, I was thinking, is Marcus Carb even before the injury? Is he not getting that lift again on some of his shots? You know, is this this that's been it's been a he long was two weeks. Seventeen points. He was six for fifteen and um, and played great in the first half. But yeah, I mean, again, this is this is this is the Dylan DeSue factor for me. When the Longhorns, when the shots, they made seven of twelve threes in the first half. They took thirteen more in the second half and only made three of them. So and they didn't attack the basket. That's the one thing Miami was doing, which was getting right. to the foul line. And as I say, you can say what you want about the bad calls and this and that. And if you allow a team to shoot sixty percent, and you allow them to shoot and make more double the amount of free throws you even take, you're not going to win many of those games. Yeah, and you're still up by 12 yeah. on them. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the real disappointing part that Miami, that was, again, that's been my critical concern for the Longhorns this year. When they when they hold teams under 75 points, they almost always win. And they're 27-0, and 0, is that? not almost, they always win. 
when teams get over 75 this year against them, they're 2-9 and nine now. So this, those are the games you don't want to be in, and that's why when they, when they had Miami at 55 points with 10 minutes to play, you're thinking, man, you know, this thing is where you want it. Uh, this is, and then just, it just keep playing your game. And then it got away from them. And uh, was it tired legs? Was it no Dylan DeSue? Was it the officials? Uh, you know, I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Miami as well. I thought they just continued to execute their game plan. Well, and had the they, their their guys made bigger plays in the bigger moments. I thought if anybody was going to beat them, it was going to be that Miami team. After you saw Miami play Houston, yeah, I, that's they beat a really good Houston team, really good, and uh, and a really good Texas team, and they beat an Indiana team, a four seed. I mean, yep. they went through the the top of that bracket, and they're still playing, and they're going to play UConn. They're going to run to a really good UConn team in a national semifinal this Saturday, and um, pretty good stuff. The other. Uh, Good, bad, and ugly from the weekend, Buck. Texas baseball with a three-game sweep of the Red Raiders. How about 14 that? 14 in a row, too. 14 wow. straight for David Pierce's team, and there's a lot to like. They've got a game this tomorrow night, Buck, against the uh, the Aggies. Can't let that College stop your Station. streak. They won every game on that 14-game homestand. We asked the question when it started, what what does the record need to be for this season to, to kind of turn and feel like there's there's optimism? And, you know, we talk about 11-3, and three, maybe go 12-2. and two. That's what I thought. If they could... If they'd only lose two games to that stretch and they won them all, That's about fourteen. Inc- wow! Uh, and again, this weekend really, you know, pieces to build on. I felt like in the win on Friday night, six to two, that was exactly the recipe you wanted. Uh, Lucas Gordon pitched great uh, for you, and then you know the, the the idea of bringing Zane Morehouse in to close it. Right, he was nasty when he came in the game. He had been your Saturday starter. Now it looks like he's going to be potentially your lockdown guy at the back end. Uh, Zane Morehouse. Pitched three and two-thirds innings. He struck out four through 41 pitches. So that was your one-two combo on Friday night. And then on Saturday, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're coming out, if you're looking for concerns, even though you've won 14 in a row, you're still looking for some, some relief pitching where you can get it. But, boy, the Saturday game, 6-5, to five, you walk it off. After you, after you allow the, the Red Raiders to tie it with two in the ninth to tie, a, tie the game at five, Longhorns walked it off on a wild pitch. They get the victory. But, again, the – it was the, the Zane Morehouse picked up the win there uh, in that spot. So he closed, he was in to close both of the games that you won. And then yesterday, you had a, there was a point where it was eight to two. And it felt like you were going to sweep this team, this Texas Tech team, pretty easily. And obviously, they fought it back. They get, you know, a four run eighth inning. So the Texas bullpen, you're up eight to two. All of a sudden, the, uh, the Red Raiders get one in the sixth, one in the seventh, four in the eighth, and one in the ninth to tie the game. And this is, you know, they're, you're trying to solidify that next spot, and you still walk it off. You still get the win. But, um, you know, yesterday, you know, Chris Stewart, who you really liked, the kid that came in from San Jack, uh, he didn't have his best. Cody Howard, Ace Whitehead came in the game. All guys got, got hit. So you're going to try to figure out those roles moving forward. And remember, there's still optimism in the program that, that Tanner Witt's going to come back. Mm-hmm. That at some point this season, Tanner Witt will, will pitch again. They're going to be very careful with him. But – you know, could he potentially be somebody that he, that further helps solidify that bullpen to be a guy? Remember, Tanner Witt as a freshman was just dynamic as a closer, right? Closing games with Aaron Nixon, and then he was a starter before he got hurt last year. You wonder if there's and a that role injury for him. is a hundred percent. You have to be ready, right? Yeah. So, and and the thing you really like is that the the the, the bats. The bats for the Longhorns are really getting going. We asked David Pierce's question. And last they're playing week. some better defense. They too. are. And, you know, Peyton Powell continues to, to rip the ball. He's your leading hitter. Um, uh, gosh, downtown Porter Brown, uh, you know, doing his thing. What a big swing he had on Friday night, the big home run. He had a great weekend. He's given you a lot in, uh, in left field. Eric Kennedy, 
you, you, we asked David Pierce's question on Friday or Thursday last week, and he said, I said, through this homestand, have you kind of solidified some roles? And he said, in our lineup, for sure. Like, he really likes where their, their offensive lineup is right now. Uh, you also had a kid yesterday, Buck, and Jared Thomas, the freshman, hit his first home run. Uh, he had a big 3 uh, 3 for 4 day, which was nice to see. Ryland Galvan, the catcher, is uh, coming as well. So, lots of like as you start to put some wins on the board. And this was against a ranked team, three straight. So, that's going to help them big picture in the rating point and the RPI, whatever they call that. And um, but just building confidence, but absolutely, they still have some holes in that back end of that bullpen. You feel really good about your top five or six, maybe top five pitchers: uh, Travis Staley, Lucas Gordon, Zane Morehouse, uh, LBJ, uh, Charlie Hurley. All those guys you feel good about. But that next group, or do they build confidence through that pitching staff? Yeah, you're going to have to figure some roles out beyond those guys because Charlie Hurley was really good yesterday. He got the start, and I thought he was outstanding. Uh, for four innings, gave you four really good innings, and then it wasn't so great beyond that. And uh, that's what they're going to have to figure out how to get that. And you wonder if down the road Tanner Witt can be a guy that uh, becomes, and that would be what a sh- jolt that would be uh, to get an arm like that back uh, as your offense is getting going. So Longhorns was a nice baseball weekend. Texas softball got a sweep of Texas Tech as well. How about that? Six and oh. Mm-hmm. So somebody texted and say, I went to all the games this weekend, both places, walked back and forth, and the electricity, the crowds were great. 6-0 and for the Longhorns against the Red Raiders over the weekend. Guess who the Longhorns softball team plays now? Oklahoma. Oklahoma this weekend. Beat them last year. Beat them last year. Their only loss. Hey, when we come back, we're going to get hot or not. Are you buying tickets? You're not buying World Series tickets. You're not buying tickets to softball now, are you? You're not going to screw them up, are I'm you? I'm not doing anything besides watching games in my bed. That's it? Alone. <laughs> alone. Not texting anybody. There you go. No more jinxes. That's right. Get rid of that ticket. Those tickets, you can get rid of those tickets. Somebody will go down there and watch Final Four. Yeah, well, this will not be a ratings bonanza for CBS, I don't believe. But it's it's an intriguing Final Four. But when you have the likes of Miami, UConn, San Diego State, and Florida Atlantic, I mean that that San Diego State Florida Atlantic matchup kind of feels like it would be a Friday night game on CBS Sports Network or yes. something. This is a final national semifinal, but then nothing against them because you know I got a text from Tyler Campbell, our man TC speaks. Oh, he was He's so excited about it. San Diego his, State Aztecs, his baby. Aztecs are there. Seven seniors, two juniors in their nine-man rotation at San Diego State. It looks like a bunch of old men out there. Yes. Like NBA team. That they one are, dude's balding. They are I mean, thick, Come man. on now. They are old. Seven seniors, two juniors, and they're in the Final Four. That's pretty cool. Uh, this says, guys, the Omir call was huge. He also created the steal with 36 seconds left. That call on Brock was brutal because the Miami players should have fouled out even though Texas was cold at the end. Yeah, that that you, know, you cannot underestimate the impact of the Brock Cunningham call. If it goes the other way, which they originally called it, who knows? Texas has the ball uh, tied at 79. Instead, and, and one of the, the best interior players for Miami files out of the game. Uh, if not, you know, they go to the line, make two, take a two-point lead. Uh, really a critical turning point of that basketball game. We'll take your thoughts on it. We're talking with you, Ty. We'll lead us through some hot or not. i got to ask you this, Buck, because you are the fashion police. Did you see what Kim Mulkey was wearing over the weekend for the LSU Tigers? Does she ever wear anything bad? I'll just say that. I'm going to let you judge it. You have to be the Joan Rivers of this conversation. Please, please don't ne- tell me she didn't have any canary yellow on. I need you to see it. Oh, God. And we'll do that when we come back. Plus, Ty will lead us through some topics we've missed halfway through a busy Monday. What's hot? 
and what's not. What's Hot, What's Not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. All right, controversial call on Brock Cunningham. There's a texter says that was a six-point play. And he went through the free throws that were caught. It was a critical play in the game at 79 all, but in the end, Miami got the call and uh, got the win. Do you know on hot or not, Buck? It was uh, 84 years ago this day, March 27th, that Oregon, the University of, won the first NCAA men's basketball championship. They beat Ohio State 46 to 33. The Ducks, quack quack. They were the Ducks at that time, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, 229 years ago, happy birthday to the Navy. Uh, the U.S. Navy go. was created to be, uh, by George Washington, 1794. Um, pretty cool, pretty cool. So ha- happy Crossing birthday to Delaware. the Naval Academy. Still That's doing right. it, still getting it done. That is right. Uh, U.S. Navy uh, commissioned all the way back when. Uh, also, I'm hot on this. As you know, it was on this day in uh, 44 years ago. Eric Clapton married George Harrison's ex-wife, Patty Boyd. Mm. You know that Derek and the Dominoes album with he and... Uh, uh, Dwayne Allman, which is just a classic if there ever was oh, yeah. one. Uh, you know, Derek and the Dominoes was Eric Clapton and, and Dwayne Allman. And every song on it was written for her because he was in love with her. And she went back to George Harrison and broke his heart. Broke his heart. And then they got married. So that was there's your story. That's a great album, by the way. An all-time great one. Uh, it was uh, an all-time disappointing loss for Longhorn fans yesterday. Uh, up 12 with 10 minutes to play, feeling great about a trip to Houston and a Final Four and Next thing you know, the ball game's over, and Miami is on to the Final Four. Ty, have you recovered yet, my friend? Mm, I'm getting there. Getting there? Yeah. Well, it's your fault. You were buying Final Four <laughs> tickets at halftime. Uh, okay, guys, look at this on my screen there, Ty and Buck. Did you see what Kim Mulkey was wearing for her LSU Tigers over don't, the weekend? Don't like it. I don't like her in all that pink. I like her in yellow. Well, LSU is going to the Final Four. Safe to say Kim Mulkey can coach. Um, they're it's her of, second year, right? Yeah, only her second year there. Um, but yes, she's wearing a feathery pink ensemble. Uh, I, I found this cut. I sent this to you on Twitter, Ty. But uh, some of her players at LSU were talking about how their coach Kim Mulkey dresses. And you know, can we have some of this? This is uh, what they say that you know she's from Louisiana. They're kind of like Mardi Gras. Yeah, that, she's not fresh. Uh, her outfit tonight. <laughs> oh, we already told her this. This is probably her best fit. You know, this is one of her best ones. <laughs> She always comes. I mean, the whole staff be coming trim. They all fly, so nobody be lacking. They always try to outdo each other. So, <laughs> she don't pick these outfits. Trust I me, I do y'all. not go pick these things out. <laughs> New Brant is the name of the stylist, and she's shipping another one when she saw we won tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, I wear Queen of Sparkles. Look, we're from Louisiana. We like sparkles, we like diamonds, we like Mardi Gras, we like to eat, and we like to party. Well, LSU will be going to the Final Four in oh, Dallas. Oh, that is a hideous outfit. You don't like, yeah, the feather. No, I'm not down with that. See, when she, she wears some. Now she blames her stylist for it. What is she, Cam Newton now? Or um, she doesn't even pick out her own same, clothes? Oh, goodness. That was crazy. You, did, you, oh, you see that feathers. outfit, What do you have feathers on she's it? She's got feathers, but she's Mardi Looks like Gras. a peacock. Man, there's a lot of colors in that. Yes. Her in the yellow is okay. Or with the leathers on, she's all right. <laughs> the leathers. I don't know if she wears leathers with the heels. That's all right. Yeah, man. Feathers, no thanks. Feathers don't work. Can I mention uh, on the other side, Iowa is into the Final Four on the women's side along with LSU. Yeah, quite how, a guard. How about uh, Caitlin Clark? She's yeah. the best player in the country. A 41-point triple-double last night to get <laughs> Iowa into the Final Four in Dallas. So, yeah, the, the Final Four set on the men's side to halfway done on the women's side as well. What do you have for us, T.Y.? 
Well, uh, there's, you know, the Longhorns lost last night. And in the, in the NBA in Texas, the Mavericks have been sliding. They've oh. lost four straight. Uh, they were upset. Uh, biggest upset of the year. Charlotte was a 16-and-a-half-point underdog uh, on Friday night, night, and they beat the Mavericks on Maver- the Mavericks' home floor. The Mavericks fans were booing. And then they lost again yesterday to the Hornets again. Um, and Luka Doncic, an oppressor afterwards, said that he uh, used to play with a smile on his face and he used to have fun, but it's he's not anymore. And the, the Twitterverse has blamed all of this on Kyrie. So do you think it's Kyrie, Jason Kidd? What's the problem, Dallas? I think there's a little, little of both. I mean, yeah, to hear your star player, Luka Doncic, talk about he's not having fun playing the game right now. It's not what I want to hear. No, no. And, look, things have not gone well. Wherever Kyrie Irving goes, it seems to get sour. Is it always his fault? I think that's probably unfair, but at the same time, he's uh It's somebody's fault. If, if every place he goes, they start to get creepy. It's well, look, somebody's we knew, fault. We knew when they traded for him, they'd given up their best defensive players to get another offensive player. And there's only one ball. And both of those guys like to have the ball in their hands. I mean, it's and Jason Kidd's a defensive coach and Jason Kidd probably didn't like that. I don't know. He's it, given up on this team. It does feel like he that. needs to be fired. And uh, they got to figure something out. It's a player's league and you got to have that player be happy and enjoy playing for you. They tried right. Bringing in Kyrie Irving, but man, hadn't worked. Hadn't worked. So right. far. No good. We are taking uh, your good, bad, and uglies, including the report that Rodney Terry will be offered and uh, offered a contract to remain as the permanent head coach of the Longhorns. Taking your thoughts on that, despite the season ending, which delayed us there. Also recap the uh, disappointing last 10 minutes for the Horns. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the busy weekend. It's B&E right here with you on 104.9, 101.9, AM 1260. Streaming always on your Horn app, on your smart speaker, and at hornfm.com.